You're a confused man. It's okay. Mm. I have word dyslexia. Yes, yes, precisely. Dodge this. I am the father. I'm here on a mission of mercy. There's only one god man, and I'm pretty sure he doesn't dress like that. What's but a smile on that face? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Open the pod bay doors, Hal. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. Welcome to the real world. This is episode 120 of the Movie Bite Podcast where we talk about movies, movie reviews, movie news, trailers, and more. This episode is being committed to tape on Tuesday, December 30th, 2014. I'm TJ, your host, and joining me today is the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Joe Darnell. How are you, Joe? Hi, TJ. I'm doing well. Thank you for having me back on your lovely podcast Oh, it's, for the last episode of the year. Yeah, it's my pleasure to have you, sir. You, uh, you, you, like I said, you're the myth and the legend. So I, I, uh, I'm always honored to have you on the show. I am the myth, the legend, the college graduate, the arc captain, the Lego man, the mutant, the turtle, the superhero. Yes, the all, spy. The, all those things. Well, mm-hmm. um, Joe, tonight I'm coming to you from a closet in my uh, my wife's aunt Gail's house. Um, I found a quiet place to be with my road podcaster, and uh, there's a lot of clothes in here, so I think it sounds okay. Uh, it doesn't sound too echoey. Nice. And it's not too... It sounds like clothes in there. It's not too warm yet, but there's no ventilation in here, and I've closed the closet door, so we'll see how, how that goes. Ooh. Ooh, we, yeah, you might suffocate. I might. If, if so, you, I if just you hear, hear me, the sound you, of you, like, collapsing. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, you just sudden, <laughs> oh, blah, blah. and then there, that's, that's TJ. That, exactly. Yeah, I'm, I might I might die of, of a heat stroke and lack of air and, and and that kind of thing. So we'll we'll see how it goes. But uh, coming to you from the road. Uh, so hopefully the editing of the podcast don't suffer any when I get to that. Well, uh, enough about podcasting, sir. It wouldn't be exactly like a podcast if we were to talk about podcasting now, would it? Yeah, uh, yeah. It'd be kind of weird to to talk about ourselves in that way. Yeah, that's not what that's not what those shows do. Well, Joe, it is the end of the year. It is December 30th, uh, and uh, so we are yes, going sir. to talk about our favorite films of the year. You kind of took most of the year off and, and didn't come in until the latter part of the year, so I don't know how this is going to work for you. I've made a top 15 list um, and put my top 15 films of the year that I have seen that has to be qualified. It's uh, quite impossible to see every single film that, uh, that right. came out this year, uh, even if I had tried harder, which I didn't even like. Sometimes it's just not possible to go see a film, you know, maybe I got sick, maybe I took a week off and, you know, whatever. Sometimes there's more films come out in a week than I can see and we just aren't able to circle back and get to them. So You're right. And sometimes they're not even showing in your area because you kind of like live out in the boonies. <laughs> yeah, Nashville is such such a hick place and sticks. There's just nothing I know. there. Films like The Imitation Game don't come to Nashville, Tennessee. Who wants it's, to watch that in Nashville, Tennessee? Almost as hick town as uh, Georgia, where you're at. That's right. At this little place called Atlanta. Yes, I, yes. I think it's where the um, the South lost the war. Um, but we definitely have a good showbiz there. I wanted to highlight a couple of details, TJ. Do you okay. mind if I 
Yeah, I would be happy. Uh, We don't have the normal. Yeah, we we don't have the normal like um, movie storyline for this episode. I wanted to say first that I actually did catch most films I cared to of 2014, Mm -hmm. Uh, either uh, home release or um, you know got a uh, we call what do they call it these days a stream. I, I, I yeah, I watched a movie stream of it at home or I just watched it in theaters and didn't tell anybody about it on a podcast. Imagine that. (laughs) Why would you do such a thing? I don't understand. What is this? I don't know. So I, I put together a list of all the movies that were considered notable. Some of these we felt very strongly opposed to others. We loved these TJ. As I recall, all of your favorites are on here and all of my favorites are on here. And also the films we loathe and we love to loathe. So just to be clear, so, this, this uh, list that you're about to go through is not the films that are on our list, but it's more of a these are the films of note that we should take note of, good or bad, in 2014. Yes. These were all the films that one way or the other got critic attention. Okay. And they're not in chronological order of release. These are just the films I didn't take the time to make sure that all their release dates were by order. So here we go. We have a pretty long list, TJ, and it's completely understandable why you couldn't get through this list, especially you, not all in one day for this one podcast. Do you want to um, say a name and then say something brief about it, or do you just want to go through the list uninterrupted and then talk about them? Uh, we'll play it by ear. If you care to interrupt, then let me know. I don't foresee the need to for some of these films. Why don't we do this? You can't help yourself. Yeah. Well, why don't we do this? Why don't you throw out the name and then we'll say whether we've seen it, uh, and whether we wanted to see it. How does that sound? And then we can, we can dive more into depth when we get to our, our top lists. So let's do that. Yes. Yes, sir. All right, sir. Good formula. Here we go. Where's my paper? All right. Number one, Hercules. I didn't care to see it and I don't want to see it. I wanted to see it. I didn't expect it to be that good and didn't get to see it. Okay, we have to stop right here before we go any further. Why <laughs> okay. did you want to see this? Uh, you're you're talking – wait, which one – actually, if I recall, there were two Hercules to come, that were uh, looking like they would come out. Uh, which one are you referring to? The one I'm referring the, to the one that I, I heard of and I wrote down the name of, but I don't know anything about. So there was one that did not feature The Rock and one that did feature The Rock. And the one that featured The oh, Rock really? is the one I was I was wanting to see. That doesn't make it any more appealing to me, sir. <laughs> you you don't care about Dwayne Johnson? I I I hmm. I think he has his place. I just don't think it's in a historical epic. Uh, well, I don't know if I would call Hercules a historical epic necessarily. Um, here, here's I'm the sorry. thing: like you're right, a myth, <laughs> a, an epic myth. It, it actually looked saying? decent. The, the trailers that I saw for the one with The Rock looked decent, but I didn't expect it to be gold. I expected it to be maybe a three or three and a half star film. I wanted to see it just because I felt like I should, but I just wasn't able to to get around to seeing it. So I haven't seen it. It's going well so far. You threw okay. out a name and we talked for five minutes about it. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be a crazy long podcast. Okay. Okay. So number two, 300 Rise of an Empire. I wanted to see it and I didn't get to see it. Um, I didn't, I expected it to be about as good, maybe a little less good than 300, um, which I didn't think was a great film, but I didn't think it was terrible. Uh, so I didn't get to see mm. it and, and I, it just wasn't compelling enough for me to go, Ooh, I have to go to the theater, theater to see it. And so I never did. Mm. 
Okay. Yeah. See, personally, I think that style can only take you so far before a bad film is just a bad film. And I think that 300 was worth seeing if you were interested in seeing the potential for a very distinct sort of stylization. Mm -hmm. And beyond that, you don't need to really see any more. They butchered history, they butchered myth, <laughs> they explored ideas I never cared to see before my eyes. And even though it had some brilliant concepts for production quality, I just I didn't need to see that and I definitely do not need a sequel. So it actually made my list, TJ, of the top five films I do not want to see this year. Okay. Well, I mean, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, I, I completely understand that. And I, I thought that 300 certainly was overstylized. And, and 300 Rise of an Empire looked even more overstylized. So that style, I think, You're a good uh, man, sir. I think it was getting, I think with 300, and I feel like this would, would be the case with Rise of an Empire, I feel like the style was getting in the way of any substance that may have been there. Um, so that's, yeah. Very true. Yeah. Yeah. Next, we have the Lego movie fantastic it, film. loved it watched it over and over and over again yes yeah it was fantastic uh, yeah and why wouldn't you if you're any sane person that just loves great cinema and you had a childhood then you should watch the lego movie <laughs> over and over again uh, yes so then we have 22 jump street didn't see it didn't want to see it i didn't see it but then Fizz talked about it so much on his podcast. That yeah, I know. I feel like Fizz is probably right now cursing in anger and, and, and trying to reach through the Skype and beat me uh, and wishing he were here to rebut. But I, I just it didn't mm, didn't look that good to me. I mean, 21 Jump Street. I was like, why would I see this? And so, yeah, didn't see it. Yeah, I, I, I do feel the ground quaking over here. <laughs> so there is a Fizz tremor is in the force. <laughs> I, I actually, though, have taken a genuine interest. Um, yeah. The unfortunate truth, though, is is that my wife was a huge fan of the original 21 Jump Street television show. When she heard that they were turning them into comedy films and that Johnny Depp was not playing a significant role, <laughs> she swore them off. And it's, so it's really difficult to get these movies into my house and to watch them by myself. Um, one of these days, it's just going to be added to the list. And if, if it shows up on Netflix, maybe I'll stop to watch it. Okay. Next we have Noah. I saw the film. I hated the film. I saw the film. We reviewed the film together, actually. I think it was one of the few appearances I made back then. Yeah. I'm not sure. Maybe they were out, that was around the time I came back. Not sure anymore. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, uh, pulling up the, you, you keep talking, I'll pull up, pull it up and put it in the show notes. Yeah. Okay. So I feel like Noah is a movie you should see. It's not God awful, but it is awful in its own way. And there's something to get from it. I'm not exactly sure if it's redeeming, if it really redeems the film, if it's, um, worthy of, huge consideration you'd be better served to just read a biblical account um pick up any kind of king james bible or gideon's bible in the hotel and just read it there uh the movie the movie is trying too hard is that possible no i know exactly in some of the wrong ways yep yeah in some of the wrong ways then we have Maleficent. Very uh, hey, different I, sort of film. I just wanted to say that that was episode 86. You were not on the show, but there were four of us on the show. We called the show Tell Good Stories. 
It was me, Chad, uh, Mike Fizzle, and uh, Michael Minkoff. Really? Because yes. I guess I was having a conversation in my head. I remember that episode very vividly. <laughs> yes. Uh, I'm, well, I mean, I, I think you talked to me about it after we recorded it. Um, so I must have been just, eating some of those grapes. You, you really engaged in the conversation with us while you were listening in your car. Mm. I was right there with Noah on the, on the shores eating those grapes. Mm-hmm. Then we have Maleficent. Now, I didn't catch this movie, but I would like to see it, but I'm not in a rush. Yeah, I, I did see the movie, and um, I think that it wasn't terrible. It, was, uh, it had some issues, uh, as you might expect. It wasn't terrible. But it, 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 mm. uh, if I recall, I gave it three and a half stars. I don't have that right in front of me, but I, I think that I did. Um, and it, 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 wasn't, um, it wasn't as bad as I thought it might be. It wasn't as good as I hoped it might be. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I, from, I would, from, I, I would recommend it. Okay, coming from TJ, it's not as bad as it could be. Three and a half stars. Go watch it. <laughs> then we have the Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, and this was a movie, a sequel that I felt very strongly about after I saw it. Before it, I had no appetite to see it whatsoever. I had not seen the prequel, or I shouldn't call it a prequel, but the first installment, The Rise of the Planet of the Apes, from 2011, starring James Franco and Andy Serkis. I hadn't seen that one. I I knew I should, and I definitely want to go back and watch it now because of Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. This is a fantastic reboot. I think they they have loads of potential with the continuation of this franchise. And I'm very happy with what they did in this second installment. How about you? Yeah, it, it's it's a fantastic film. I um, <clears throat> excuse me, I went into it thinking that um, that it wouldn't it, it wouldn't be that great. Um, I because they were getting rid of the characters that I knew from the previous installment, and the previous installment I I didn't feel strongly uh, a strong like for, but I didn't hate it. It was fine. It was it, and it was certainly a better film than what they gave us back in 2001 with Mark Wahlberg and. And Helena Bonham Carter. Um, th- this film, the, you know, Rise of the Planet of the Apes was fine, and this film blew me away because it was like a reboot of the reboot, where they got rid of all the characters except for Caesar, and and you're, you expected it to be bad. I did, and uh, it was really good. It was really, really good. Um, this will be in my top list later. Um, it, it was a fantastic film, no doubt about it. Mm. I read your top list today, TJ. It was very good. Oh, well, I'm not you. necessarily agreeing to all of your top lists. No, of course, I wouldn't, ex- I wouldn't expect you to. Good thing. Then we all had uh, X-Men Days of Future Past. And I saw this at home not too long ago. I actually watched all of the X-Men films uh, back-to-back. And I ended with this one. I saw the, uh, the uh, what was the last one before it? The Final Battle or whatever it's called. The end of all things. Um, uh, well, the, the, the third X Men film. Ex- the exact the previous film to this one, the direct previous film to this one would have been um, uh, First Class X Men First Class. No, I'm thinking of the the uh, I think of X Men First you're of Class X three offshoot. You're, you're thinking of the chron- yeah, yeah. chronologically. You're thinking of X three, uh, right. which they basically undid, which is a good, which right. is a very good thing. I, I'm not sad at all yes. that they undid that. I saw that one and Days of Future Past together for the first time. And uh yes, it was it was a good thing. Actually, when I watched the the X3, I saw it with this fantastically ridiculous commentary online. 
and uh, it made it, it all worthwhile. <laughs> if there is a really bad film you have to watch sometime, a really good uh, way to enjoy find a way to enjoy it is to find somebody's utterly over the top commentary to add to it, and mm. then uh, when you watch it, it feels better. Yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense. I I mm-hmm. can see that. I mm-hmm. yeah. I X three was a terrible film, and so that's why they started doing the prequels. It was kind of like they the X three kind of ruined everything. And where do you go? Well, let's go back and tell good stories where where it hasn't been messed up yet. And so they finally and and this was the first, this marks the return of Brian Singer, who directed the first two X Men films, which were excellent. And I don't know. I'm still wrestling with myself over whether I feel like X Men Days of Future Past topped anything he did before because I do have a lot of love for the first two films. And I I feel like Matthew Vaughn did okay with X-Men First Class. Um, the, the first Wolverine movie wasn't great. The second Wolverine movie was pretty good. And that actually, technically, that was the first film that was post-X3, but it didn't really deal a lot with the events of X3, except that, that Wolverine was suffering the trauma from, from uh, uh, Jean Grey's, uh, can I spoil it, <laughs> from Jean Grey's death. <laughs> um so why not so, yeah so this movie kind of undoes all that in a way that makes sense and in a way that reboots the franchise and it incorporates and embraces all of the eccentricities that have that have taken place and and all of the things that have become what shall we say uh they had become uh stumbling blocks for the franchise and it kind of it kind of does it all in a way that makes sense and reboots it and i'm i'm, I'm excited for it i'm happy about it now, do you think that with what they have done with Days of Future Past, did they have a bright future for the continuation of the franchise? Absolutely, I think it's been. It? Yeah, I think it's been revitalized. Absolutely, interesting. With the original gr- group of characters, with the original actors, or are they mm. going to reboot it? No, I think that they'll be using the younger actors. Did mm. you? Did I, 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 I'm sorry, I'm a really bad listener. Sometimes, did you say that you had seen Days of Future Past? I did, yes. I saw the uh, X3 and Days of Future Past together for the first time and uh, for the first time at all. Okay. I had not seen X3 before. Yeah, so did you not feel like they were setting it up for the younger actors to kind of take it away? I mean, they could go in either direction if they wanted to, but I feel like that they'll probably stick with the younger cast. I guess so. The the younger group is not as strong a group of of characters, um, and they're still missing Mm. Wolverine. Mm. Well, I I think that the same actor could play Wolverine because he has been. Um, Yeah, but then he clearly becomes the the grandfather. You know, like the timetable structure gets all messed up because – what's his name? Uh, Hugh Jackman? Yeah. No, it doesn't. It's 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 the same. It's the same guy. I mean, in the continuation of things, he is – um, he is as he was that then, like he hasn't changed. We're not talking about, no, what I mean we're not talking about him has, from, is older. Oh, well he's getting older. Yeah. It's, it's starting to get hard, but th- they can still pull it off. Right. I mean, if people were complaining that Legolas looked too old in the Hobbit films, I was versus what he did in the Lord of the Rings. I mean, there you go. Then how on earth can this older, uh, Hugh Jackman play alongside of the younger actors that are playing, you know, I mean, like he was already alongside of Patrick Stewart as a younger man. And now if he's going to be alongside of um, the newer guy who plays Dr. X, it just doesn't make any sense because uh, he's, he, he's he, he clearly much older than this newer, younger actor playing Dr. or Professor X. Mm. Okay. Well, I mean, we'll see what they do. We'll see what they do. Yeah, Absolutely. We will see what they do. Okay, then we have Snowpiercer. And this was one uh, that drew lots of contention. I didn't like the film. 
I saw it and I feel really torn up about it. I feel like there were several strokes of genius. And when I mean strokes, I mean, this genius was really having a stroke. Um, (laughs) And it was good and it was bad. And I wish it could have been so much more. It just got, it was (laughs) the metaphor. I am sorry, but I'm going to go there. This train got derailed. Yeah, you uh, went there, Joe. You went there. Yeah, that's much. That is much the way uh, that I feel about it, though. Too is that the train was on the tracks for most of the movie, and and they could have brought it all around and made it a good film on how they ended it. And unfortunately, the ending made it just made everything like it didn't matter. None of it mattered. It was all bad. Um, and and so they kind of just ruined it with that ending. And that's my opinion. I I know that that uh, you and me and Clark and and Fizz were on the podcast together and talked about it. I know Fizz strongly disagrees, uh, and and so does Clark. I think on that point. But that was how I felt about it. So mm. then we have the Maze Runner, which was somewhat a forgetful sci-fi thriller, um, teenage. Uh, young adult fiction uh, turned into a uh, film. And obviously they seem to be wanting to continue the franchise the way they ended this film, but I don't know if they can cut it considering the audience reception. I don't know if it's really garnered enough attention. Yeah. I what didn't see think? it. I didn't see it. And do you have any desire to see it? Do you think you'll catch it now soon? No, no, it is yeah. not something that captured my interest. Don't care. Yeah. I'm, I'm, it was all over the place. And I, I, I can see why it was made in the first place and they made a noble attempt to tell the story. I don't know how close it was to the book, but it just doesn't really cut it. And, uh, too bad because it had some good things going for it. Kind of like a Jurassic park for the next generation, but poorly executed. Mm -hmm. Then we have how to train your dragon Two. go ahead, TJ. I loved this film a lot more than you did. Um, and uh, it, I don't know what's wrong with you. I, I think you're jaded. Um, I I don't no, know that you said you said that in your article today. <laughs> what what does it mean that I am jaded? It's just something that I say because you don't like something that I like, and so you're jaded. Oh, um, you, oh, okay. you you you've been hardened against it. I, I don't know. I felt like this mm. was a really good film, almost as good as the first one. I still have a special place in my heart for the first How to Train Your Dragon, which was fantastic. This one maybe doesn't quite measure up quite that as high, but it certainly it hits a more it hits some more poignant and emotional points than the first film did. Even though the first film did hit some of those points, this film really goes there, and it really is a tearjerker in some ways. But but the victory is sweet, um, and and the the story is well told uh, with some minor quibbles. Um, I I really enjoyed it, and I I'm looking forward to seeing where they go with with this franchise. I I think I've heard that the the third one that they're planning on it being a trilogy. I've heard that a third one is in the works. I I believe I'm about to Google that right now. Why? I mean, I know you don't like it as much as I do, but did, I mean, I don't know. Did you enjoy it? Right. Well, I still have very good feelings towards the entire franchise. I really deeply appreciate the first installment, how to train your dragon. It was a very brilliant kind of, um, uh, a new approach to dragon myths, and I really enjoyed it. It it's got a lot of entertainment value. How to Train Your Dragon is a, a film that's um, clearly got better production quality, and they were able to uh, go deeper and go farther with all the characters. And you're right; it tugs at, at the heartstrings more often than the first film. I feel like though where it disappoints me 
it kind of just uh, it, it breaks down the entire film. I can't really genuinely appreciate it because I cannot get over some of the things that just don't add up for me. I guess without spoiling it for anyone, um, you, you would understand that those though who have seen the film, you would understand where I'm coming at this. When I say I'm looking forward to watching the cinema sins for this film, because I have a strong feeling that they and I will feel very much in agreement towards most of those sins, because normally I don't agree with cinema sins, but this time around, I think that we're going to be on the same page. Um, Uh, And I know you're not supposed to really take them seriously, but I, I I find cinema sins to, I don't don't like cinema sins. I really just don't like cinema sins. (laughs) I have an on and off relationship you know, with cinema sins. If it's a film that I really dislike, I love to hear their critique. If it's a film I do like, I don't want them to ruin it for me. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, did you ever uh, watch the cinema sins for the original Superman? Uh, I don't think I did. Well, I agree with them at times, but it was one of those things where they kind of hurt the film. Uh, you know, they kind of ruined my childhood with their cinema sins <laughs> wrap up of um, Superman. So, okay. So in the next film on our list is a walk among the tombstones, which hey, starred you, you, you Liam Neeson. The, you jumped the gun there. I wanted to tell you the release date for how to train your dragon three. Oh, okay. TJ, what is the release date for how to train your dragon three? It is June the 9th, 2017 is when it's going to be released. So a couple of years. Oh. So it is on the schedule. Wow. Okay. So then back to where we were. Yes. Yes. A walk among <laughs> the tombstones. What did you think uh, of that movie? I didn't care for it. Uh, I wanted it to be better than it was. If I, if I'm recalling correctly, my opinion, um, it, it just, mm. uh, boy, I'm, I'm trying to hurriedly pull up my notes, but I, I remember feeling like it could have been so much better and it just didn't feel, I don't feel like it really went anywhere with what it was trying to do. Um, the, uh, uh, so here are some of my notes that I made about the film. Um, the film doesn't feel the need to explain anything that it does <laughs> and it needed some explanation. It lacked good storing. It was a deeply disturbing, uh, uh, you know, raping, torturing, mutilating, killing, very deeply disturbing on that level with very little redeeming value to it. Like you can tell a story about those things in a good way. And I didn't feel like this film did. Um, it felt exploitative, um, and unnecessarily grisly. It lacked any real surprise or suspense. Um, it, it, uh, boy, yeah, there's, I, I could go on. I have several things. I, I dislike the film. So that's, yeah. And I am right there with you. This was a film I had very high hopes for. I don't normally let it go there. But it was a major disappointment. It made my top five least favorite films of the year. Mm, yeah. Well, that's uh, that's not good. And after A Walk Among the Tombstones, we have Captain America, The Winter Soldier. And this is a film, TJ, I think that you and I can really support. We think that everybody interested in superheroes could like, should like this film. And it is arguably one of the best Marvel films to date. Oh, for sure. It's 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 a question. I'm still questioning whether I liked the Avengers better. I rated the Avengers and this film the same, but uh, Captain America: The Winter Soldier is a game changer for the Marvel universe, uh, and it's uh, it's a film that was super enjoyable. Um, it had drama. It had suspense. Um, it had good story. Um, it it uh, it was not afraid 
to take risks. Um, I mean, we have this agency who, yes, we have suspected a few things here and there. Like there are some, there are some things, aspects of Shield that were not, not pretty, but it drew, it pulled the universe together. It was the solidifying and unifying factor of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and they they blew it sky high. They they literally blew it out of the water, <laughs> um, or out of the air, I should say. And uh, they 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 destroyed the agency, and 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 that was a very risky move. And I I applaud the film for taking that risk, and I think it really paid off. And I think that it's left the Marvel Cinematic Universe in a state where the stories that are being told now moving forward are in much more interesting position. So yeah, my only complaint about yeah, and and I have to agree with everything you said. My only complaint about Captain America: The Winter Soldier is that if you didn't see the prior films. It's going to uh, leave you in the dark about several things. It's it doesn't. It's not going to introduce the characters. It doesn't feel, in many ways, like a motion picture. It feels more like an episodic installment, the continuation of the story. And the one thing it gets right, though, is the ending is is well done, well punctuated. It was really the first uh, the first act that, even though it was well done, felt like it was episode seven of the Adventures of Captain America on ABC, and so uh, it just um, kind of weakened the flavor of a motion picture. It didn't have the gravitas I was expecting. Um, it, it, had, it took a few minutes to pick up steam. Yeah, I suppose. But, but really, that, I mean, a that's, fantastic film. That's par for the course with Marvel, though. Like. Like we're we're basically, I mean, all of these films have their own names, but they're all basically adventures in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. They are basically part of the same film series, uh, and you could literally say Marvel One, Marvel Two, Marvel Three, Marvel Four. They're a little more creative than that, and and they do, you know, the titles do represent that they're featuring this particular character in the Marvel Universe. But 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 that's, yeah. I mean, that's literally what you have is episodic storytelling on a much bigger scale than you normally get with TV. Which is why I I am yeah. um I am what you might call a closet TV junkie in this way. Um, I love a show with a good arc. I'm I'm always looking for a show that really takes you places over the course of its lifespan. That's really what I'm hoping to get from Agents of Shield. Um, you know, it, it's what we got from an, a show like Fringe, which I loved dearly, and I was sad when they ended it because it had a great five season run and it told a really good story over the course of the entire show. And so that's what we're getting with these Marvel movies. They're slower to come. They're much bigger budget. They take much more. They're much more meaty, but it's the same concept. You're getting this arc telling a story of these characters and of this universe over the course of many films. And I, I know that in, in one way we complain about the sequelitis in, in the Hollywood system, but I think that if you're going to do it, Marvel's doing it right, and in a way, it is some of the best filmmaking we're getting right now. Now, I'm not saying that this, these should be Oscar winners and contenders. I'm not saying that, that we, there's still a place for the single, um, you know, art house films that are the Oscar contenders or whatever. But I am saying that these are producing some of the better popcorn entertainment that we're seeing. And it's, but I, I say popcorn entertainment, but it really is transcending that. It's getting to that point. Yeah. I'm really in love with what Marvel's doing. 
I don't think that superheroes are exactly artistic just yet. Um, not usually anyway, but there is another superhero related film we'll get to in a few minutes. Mm-hmm. Next we have the November man. The November man was one of those movies that I had higher hopes for. And I think you did too, JJ, TJ, where, uh, TJ, or whatever your name is. Um, because it was, um, it stars Pierce Brosnan basically revisiting his James Bond role and if you're going to create a new story, you have a lot of potential with a name like The November Man. It sounds like you might be creating the first installment in an ongoing uh, series. And I would have been happy to go there. But the film was far less than that. Entertaining, but not enough to really wow me or impress me. Yeah, I wondered how they could take a film and a concept that could that, that, that could have been so good. Um, and they destroyed it. They completely and utterly obliterated, uh, what we were looking for. Um, we were looking for, um, y- you know, what we, what we are, we, we wanted to see a re, a resurgence of Pierce Brosnan. We wanted to get that old style feel. And this film was, was literally just a popcorn flick without a good plot. It didn't even come out in the month of November, did it? No, no, that wasn't really the point. Um, I know, but it should have been, <laughs> I suppose. I, I, there was just there was just so many things about this film that were that were not good. Um, you know, it, it should have been a slam dunk, and it was just the opposite. It, it was like it spun around on the rim a couple of times mm-hmm. and then fell off on the floor. So yeah, agreed. Um, definitely worth seeing if you cared about Pierce Brosnan, but otherwise, it's not. Next, we have Whiplash, and I don't think that either of us reviewed this film. Am I wrong? No, I haven't seen it. It was one of the films that kept creeping up uh, in discussions among critics, and so I thought it was worth mentioning. Maybe you want to look at it if uh, you just thought you wanted to check off all the notable films of the year. Then we have Lucy, which starred Scarlett Johansson. And it was is sort of in the vein, or should I, should I say category, like The November Man. You had high hopes for it, but then uh, where exactly it fell varies from viewer to viewer and I was one of those people that didn't really dig it. It was not at all what I wanted to see from from a, a film like this. It it tried to be intellectual and philosophical and it it failed on pretty much every level I think to it really didn't have a story to tell. It didn't uh it didn't do anything for me. Um it was not interesting. It had no redeeming qualities. There was nothing there was no substance there for it to to have anything to say anything about. Uh what I would like to say is it felt very contrived and superficial. Agreed. Yeah, it was a very uninteresting film. Mhm. Now you have Veronica Mars. I didn't see that film. I I saw a few minutes of it on uh I think it was YouTube in a preview. How did you feel towards the series? You watched the television show. I watched right? the television show. I loved the television show in many ways. Um and it, it <clears> reminded <throat> me of a in a way of Buffy, not as action driven, you know, there wasn't staking vampires to the heart. I I did love Buffy. I loved this in a different way. This was more of a drama, uh a little bit more of a um a crime investigation show uh to some extent. Uh, but but not not in a CSI way. It was I wouldn't call it a procedural. Um, it was a drama, and and uh, it was a very good one. Uh, the show was, and this film. The reason I like this film, I will admit, may maybe the film isn't as good as I think it is. I really did like the film, though. Um, it did release in a few theaters, but it went straight to video on demand. 
uh, day and date, uh, as far as I remember, that it went to those theaters. I wish that there was a theater playing it that was close to me. I would have gone and seen it. As it is, I watched it on my uh, little TV screen and, and loved it even still. Um, it is a film that was made that was funded by the fans, at least to a large extent. They put out a Kickstarter for it because the fans wanted more Veronica Mars. And so Rob Thomas started a Kickstarter and he got the money. He got it funded. Um, and uh, there was a, a matching, you know, kind of a deal with with Warner Brothers who owned the rights. Uh, I believe that was Warner Brothers. Uh, somebody can comment if I'm wrong. I don't remember for sure. Whichever company owned the rights to Veronica Mars. Mm. So it wasn't j- solely funded by the, the fans, but they were the ones driving it, and they were the ones that made it happen. It wouldn't have happened without the Kickstarter. And they wanted more Veronica Mars, and I have to say it was it was a fantastic film. I really enjoyed it. It's a film that made history for that special arrangement, for sure. And I, I, I take an interest in this production, but not for the same reasons. I never got to watch uh, the Veronica Mars television show. Um, but I was interested in the series because originally the Veronica Mars character was based on one of my other favorite characters from the television show Smallville. It was um, The character was played by Allison Mack. The character's name was Chloe Sullivan, and she was a teenage friend of a young Clark Kent and ran the school newspaper. And Veronica Mars was originally inspired by that character. Hmm. Um, But even so, um, yeah, I I never made the time to watch it. That is the caveat that I would make about this film is that if if, if you're not familiar with the series, I don't know that the film is any good. I mean, I feel like it builds on every, like the history of the series. I don't even know there's, it probably wouldn't even make any sense if you weren't familiar with the series. So that, that could was be the impression downfall. I got from the preview. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that was the deal breaker for me, honestly. Well, I would recommend I'm sure it was uh, well told. There's only three seasons of Veronica Mars. I would recommend that you watch it. I think you'd enjoy it. Okay. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Interesting. I'll definitely try to find it if it's on Netflix or something. Yeah, uh, Hulu Plus. Uh, not, have... I'm sorry, not Hulu Plus. Um, uh, Amazon Prime. Crackle? Amazon Prime. Oh, yeah. cool. All right. I'll look it up. Next we have the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, I, I, I hated yeah, this movie. Really? I, it wasn't as bad as I was expecting it to be. I saw the name Michael Bay and I freaked out and I thought that it would be no good. And oh, so maybe, just, it was just a money grab. It was just a money grab. I don't, I don't disagree, and yet I do think that it was better than I was expecting. Um, I, I would not call it an awful film. I would not call it a good film. Yeah. I would say that 11-year-old boys will find something to enjoy. And that was about it. <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, okay, then we have a fantastic film. I saw this about two months ago at home. Edge of Tomorrow, starring Tom Cruise and uh, mm-hmm, Emily Blunt. Yes, wonderful film. This is a great movie, man. I had no idea. I had a hard time with this uh, when it was out because, it, for one, it did poorly in the box office, correct? It did, although it gained steam later. Let me look that up real quick while you're talking. And don't forget to come back to me and get sure. that figure this time. Well, basically, I love the premise. If you go back to Groundhog Day and you didn't like that movie – but you liked the concept of Groundhog Day and why it should have worked because the concept was good, then it, maybe you'll like this movie, especially if you like sci-fis. It has um, this notion that you're, the main characters are reliving the same day over and over and over again mm-hmm. for very unique reasons. And along the way, they're learning new things that make their struggle all the more intriguing. And I completely 
got sucked into this movie. It's such a rare rarity for me in 2014, uh, just because a, I haven't been especially fond of many Tom Cruise movies lately. I do like Emily Blunt, but, uh, her movies are hit and miss. And I just didn't know anything about the premise because it came out of thin air. It's an original story. It, it, it felt a little bit like a video game and I didn't know if they could really cut it, but they, it was really well told. Um, Joe, it's not an original story uh, in in that they didn't write it to be a movie. It was it's based on a book called All You Need Is Kill. It's it's heavily uh. modi- it's it's heavily modified from that. Um, I I've only seen Emily Blunt in in one other film, Looper, uh, and she was fantastic in Looper. Um, and uh, she was fantastic here. So uh, as far as I know, it's she's batting a thousand. Uh, <laughs> I think that uh, she did a really good job here. I thought that this film did a really good. Uh, uh, a really good execution of the concept. Like you could see how this could be utterly boring because he's repeating the same thing over and over again, but they find a way to make it fresh and interesting every time. And then you find out through very cunning means that he's been going through more iterations of this loop than we, the viewer have been let in on. We're kind of without us realizing it switched into the context of Emily Blunt's character where we're finding out with her, he's been through this loop how many times um, it was really, really fantastic. The film had great energy throughout, and it, it was a great execution, despite a couple of minor fumbles, a great execution on the concept. Um, and and uh, I, I have to say, I find Tom Cruise to be a little bit underrated. Like, people tend to to berate him a little, and I don't understand why. He he does a really good job pretty much in anything that he's he's in. Um, so I, I really love this film. Mm, okay. Um, good endorsement. And thanks for correcting me about the book. Oh, yeah. Uh, my, I, I like correcting you, Joe. It's a thing that I do. <laughs> it's my shtick. <laughs> oh, you just like correcting all the things. Yeah, all the things. Um, so so the box office mojo. Um, so domestically, um, it only made $100 uh, million, um, and the budget was $178 million. However, in foreign monies, it brought in two hundred. This is where it picked up later, $269 million. So that's the worldwide total of $369.2 million. So all, in, all told, not bad. And in the movie, the movie... Uh, you know the movie sales figures have shifted so that we're real. That really is an international market these days. Like you can make a film and do well just in the United States, but really the money is in making a film that has broad appeal and that that speaks to the international market. And there's nothing about this film that doesn't. Not really. So um, yeah, it did well overseas, and that was that was the saving. Uh, th- that was the saving of it. Uh, I really liked it. It was a great film. Hmm. Next we have on the list, TJ, a movie I don't think that either one of us saw or have an interest to see, but it got a lot of critical acclaim called La Weekend. Never even heard of it. Yeah, it got an 89, yeah, an 89 from critics on Rotten Tomatoes hmm. and a 55 from the audience. Okay. It was said of it, topped with bittersweet humor but possessing surprisingly thorny depths, La Weekend offers a sophisticated, well-acted portrait of late-life struggles and long-term marriage. It looks like one of those man-against-the-odd type of stories, and I'm not exactly fond of those. Um, yeah. Just a little bit too bitter chocolate for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, then we have something that uh, I think we were both very happy to skip over, but I don't know exactly where uh, general audiences would land on this one. Um, oh, I'm out of order. I'm sorry. I was thinking about uh, another one, five or six down the list. Back to where we were. The Monuments Men. What did you think of that film? 
I thought that it was a great idea and a terrible execution of it. Um, it, it was not a good film. Um, I only rated it two stars. Um, it did not do well with its ensemble cast. Um, it kind of broke up the Monuments Men, and then it tried to pretend like they were all buddy-buddy, but we never got to see that interplay and interaction. Um, it, 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 they, it was boring and very poorly written. Um, it, it just, it just utterly failed in the goal that I thought the film was trying to go for. It, it was just an utter failure of a film. I didn't, I didn't enjoy it. It struck me as one of those kind of films that Hollywood would have on the back burner. Like they had a spec script for years and years and years waiting for someone to pick it up and make it happen correctly. And perhaps the only reason that the movie was made in the first place was they were looking for the ensemble cast to warrant making the film. And after you say, well, Clooney is signed on to someone does, you know, you know, what's his name? John Goodman. Do you want to be on the film? Well, sure. And then just one actor after the next, maybe that was the reason this movie got made in the first place. I don't know, but that's what it feels like. I feel like the, uh, the storyline is a good one and I definitely appreciate the ramifications it has historically, but but as far as entertainment value. Yeah. Yeah. As far as an entertainment value, it doesn't feel like any of these celebrities brought their A game. No, not at all. They kind of phoned it in, honestly. Um, it, it was very disappointing. Um, I'm, I'm trying to find the Movie Byte podcast where we talked about that. I feel like maybe you were on that. Do you remember? I don't recall, but I remember really enjoying it. I remember watching it. I think that we intended to review it together, but I don't remember recording it. Oh, no, I know we did. Well, I, I, if you're... If your search engine for your website were better, TJ, we might have it by now. Oh, I pulled up several things from, in fact, uh, actually, uh, review. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. While you're looking for that, the next film, The Giver, and this is one based on another uh, young adult fiction. I actually really enjoyed it. I completely understand why general audiences were not impressed and why critics thought it was only lackluster. It introduced me to a pretty good story, though, and I picked up the book and I read it and I really enjoyed the book as well for very different reasons because the film and the book do feel like different stories at times, and I always enjoy Jeff Bridges. I felt like he was a little underused in this film, but even so, the concept of the story and the whole of the execution was overall worth a little bit of your attention for at least one viewing. How did you think about it? Yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, I'm actually looking for my star rating right now. Uh, three and a half stars is what I gave it. Um, yeah, I enjoyed it. It was a better film than I expected it to be, better film than it probably had any right to be. Um, and I, I thought that it was uh, it had some interesting uh, themes in it, not the least of which was some pro-life themes. Um, it had it raised very interesting questions, uh, you know, about uh, the compassionate killing and how what you know what is compassion. Um, you know, the, uh, the emotionless aspect and how they kind of ramped that around. Um, it it was very interesting film. I, I certainly enjoyed it and I would certainly go see a second installment in that, in that chapter, in that franchise. I don't know if they can pull it off because the other books were not nearly as successful as the first one and they Mm. all feel somewhat disjointed from what I've been told. Mm. Yeah. Maybe not as bad as Ender's Game, but still pretty high up there in the, the strange deviations from the original course. Yeah. Next we have the Holmesman. I don't know anything about this movie. What's the Holmesman about TJ? 
The Homesman. Um, that was a film. Oh, and I, I forgot to put that on my list of films that I wanted to see this year. Um, so let me let me find a synopsis real quick. I have not seen it. It looked really good, and I've heard really good things about it. Uh, here's the IMDb page. Let's see if they have a decent synopsis. So three women have been driven mad by pioneer life and are being transported across the country by covered wagon uh, by by the by the pious, independent minded Mary B. Cuddy, who in turn employs low life drifter George Briggs to assist her. Uh, it stars Tommy Lee Jones and Hillary Swank. Uh, it looked the trailers made it look really good. Um, it was certainly it looked like an Oscar bait film, and it was one that I wanted to to see, and I was not ever able to see it. So it was in limited release and in all that nonsense. So I was unable to see it, and I want to see it. Yeah, it gets a fifty-four from the audience and eighty from the critics. I, I could pass it up. I suppose. But I, I completely understand the draw. It's got Tommy Lee Jones, and it is a fairly original concept. For those reasons, if it were playing on TV, I guess I would stop to watch it. Mm, I, I want to see so it. So after... All right. Uh, you are TJ. <laughs> then we have The Good Lie. This is the movie that I felt like we we were okay with skipping. What do you think? I'm looking it up right now. I'm trying to remember um, who's in it. Um Stars Reese Witherspoon. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Um, I don't know. I I kind of remember now vaguely wanting to see it, but obviously it wasn't something that really. Oh no, this isn't the one I was thinking of. Sorry, Su- uh, Sudanese refugees give, uh, given the chance to resettle in America, arrive in Kansas City, Missouri, where they encounter an, an employment agency counselor, forever changes all of their lives. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't really care. <laughs> Yeah, I you know I felt like I got the gist of the story and the reason why we should care just from the trailer alone, and that was enough for me. You now on the flip side of this, my wife actually saw it while she was on a plane. She had mm. never seen a trailer, and when she watched the film, she was actually really impressed. Mm. But then again, it was the kind of movie that I think my wife would really enjoy, and we don't always see eye to eye. So when it comes to movies, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm friends that with you. Sounded horrible. I'm friends with you both on Facebook. I've picked up on this. You guys have issues. You need to see a counselor. I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> yes, uh, it's all over Facebook. Yeah, everybody knows. No, actually, um, my wife is just uh, sort of I got an A type personality, and uh, you know she's a uh, very strong willed. She's a go getter. She is a powerhouse, and so some of this movie's premise kind of spoke to her. I'm sure. But then on the flip side, she's not very artistic. She's not um, very soul-searching. She doesn't like deep conversations about abstracts. Um, that's really my thing. I, I, I'm so, the artistic so opposites one in really the do attract in, in, you, in your case. Oh, these are, these are <laughs> some extreme opposites. I think that if we were planets or stars, we would be sure to create a black hole um, one day. Uh, and so, yeah, that's, just the, that's the nature of our relationship and how polar we are. Um, that is the good lie. Ding. Okay, so then, <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy. How did you feel about that, DJ? I loved Guardians of the Galaxy. One of my favorite films. I this year. love it, sir. I watched it three times in theaters, and every time I gave it five stars. Uh, so you're, it's a five star film for you. It is, and uh, I mean, like, it's impressed me beyond measure as far as Marvel films are concerned. It came out of left field. I I felt good about the trailers. Then I was absolutely on board from uh, for this ride from beginning to end. Um, the only imperfection is uh, essentially the weak villains, but so what? 
And I know it's got some lapses in, uh, you know, it's got some of those plot gaps that everybody wants to talk about, but who cares? It's a really delightful film. It's incredibly humorous and it's got some fun of some of the best characters we saw in cinema in 2014. Uh, you love rocket. You love Groot. Uh, you're okay with some of the, the gray man, the gray Hulk. I forget his name. I'm blanking. And then we have star Lord and we have uh, the green girl. Oh man, this is horrible. I love this movie. I shouldn't know all their names. Anyway, uh, so you got, do watch uh, this film. If you haven't seen it, you've got Peter Quill, Gamora, Drax, Groot, rocket, Ronan, Yes, uh, Gamora. Yandu. I wanted to call yeah. her She-Hulk. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, yeah, no, it was a fantastic a, film. I'm, I'm, I'm not ready to release my coveted five stars, but uh, not even. I, I almost gave it four and a half. I ultimately gave it four stars. Maybe that wasn't. Uh, no, I mean, because I still like Captain America a little better, uh, the Winter Soldier. So yeah, I, I feel like four stars is fair. But but that's uh, yeah, it was a really good film. It's on my list for sure. Yeah, and I don't give that away lightly. Um, it's certainly a much more lighthearted film than I usually give to a five, you know, a five star cred. Um, but yeah, I felt like it's just uh, it, it transcends several levels for me. Maybe it's just because I have a special kinship to some of the element, characters of the story. Next, we have the judge. Fantastic and, film, and uh, I'm, a, I'm a, felt, I know yeah. that I'm alone. I'm alone in that opinion, but uh, it's a it's a fantastic film. It's okay, TJ. We understand. Um, the movie has uh, Tony Stark in it. And uh, <laughs> yeah, for that reason alone, it's, you know, he's retired now. He, he's he's just going back <laughs> to his podunk roots and he's got to take care of his dilapidated uh, old dad. I suppose. Uh, I mean, yeah, it was, it yeah. was entertaining. I, I liked it. I really enjoyed it. It was a fantastic drama. Uh, I, it resonated with me on, on several levels. Uh, I was very, very happy with the film. And I know that I am. But see, and that's what good drama it, is about, right? Yeah, I mean, people call it tired and cliched, and I say pooey on them. No, if if something resonates with you, you shouldn't expect it to resonate for everyone. Yeah, and uh, clearly, this one did for you, and that's that's pretty cool because I felt fairly uh, uh, interested in this film because it was Robert Downey Jr.'s um, production with alongside of his wife their first production together yeah so it, it, out of the gate they did fairly well and i'd like to see them make some more productions together even if it wasn't the the best film you know you know you know it wasn't um the best moment for robert downey jr it was still a, a pretty interesting engagement and i'd like to see them go places yeah I now tj here is one of those films one of these films sir where you and I part ways, we should both just quit podcasting, oh, no. throw our microphones away, and walk oh, away. Oh, no. Don't tell me you didn't like Birdman. I hated Birdman, man. I'm, I'm, I this mean, is bringing I was back looking, memories. I'm sure we talked about it on the podcast. Yeah, I mean, I remember on the podcast you you felt very strongly, and I, I completely understand where you're coming from. I'm, I'm pretty good at empathizing. Um, I don't relate, though, sir. I I do not <laughs> enjoy this film. I, I saw, you know, yeah, it was uh, it was just all kinds of wrong for me. What did okay. you like about this movie? I mean, like on the other hand, I have to say no. I cannot forgive you, sir. What about this movie? Do you really think is is all that re- redeeming? I thought it was a great analysis of uh, credit culture. Um, it, it uh, you know, it had some very fascinating uh, interplay with um, some of these actors. You know, they're 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 trying to um, 
they're trying to show just what a knife edge some of these actors ride where where you you've got this they, they want to be real and true to the character but then you, you've got this you can go into this crazy weird place and you're like i don't know i i really enjoyed it um I really just enjoyed. It like you're having to think about this too hard, TJ. <laughs> no, this was no. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm te- teasing. Okay. You gave this four out of five stars. Is that right? That's correct. I enjoyed it. Okay, and uh, you're not alone in that opinion by far. A yeah, lot of people no, like to see. I think a lot Bird of people liked it. I, I think I'm in good company. A lot of people liked it. Hmm. I'm sure the people who made the movie appreciate you. I'm sure they do. Yeah. Uh, and then there's this movie called Ida, and I only heard about this movie recently. Did this come out earlier this year? Uh, this came out in 2013. You you've got this on the wrong uh, on the wrong list, Joe. Really? Mm, are you sure about that? I'm sure. I'm looking up Ida on IMDb right now. It says 2013, October 25, 2013. You're gonna have to remove it from this 2014 list, Joe. Okay, Sorry, but look man. at Rotten Tomatoes. No, look at Rotten Tomatoes, sir. So. I don't care what Rotten Tomatoes says. They're wrong. Every oh, other really? place I'm looking says 2013. Oh, okay. Well, poo-poo on Rotten Tomatoes. I wonder if it came out in limited release and then went to a uh, a uh, a full release in 2014, maybe. Yeah, that's probably what happened. I actually find some discrepancy between Rotten Tomatoes and IMDb all the time, and I don't really know what to go by. I just happen to run across this all the time. It does say 2014. Um, this says uh, in theaters limited May the 2nd, 2014 on DVD, September 23rd, 2014. It looks like maybe what happened is it came to a film festival in 2013. It is a foreign film. So it was originally released in 2013 and came to the United States in 2014. I think that's what we're looking uh, at. Yes. On Box Office Mojo, it does say that the release date was May 2nd, 2014, but that is the domestic release date. Correct. Interestingly, it did uh, really well for itself um, at the uh, box office. Hmm. Hmm. It, the uh, synopsis says, uh, Anna, a young novici- novitiate nun. Uh, I don't know if I'm saying that word correctly. I don't know if I've ever run across that particular word before, and I like to think I have a good vocabulary. Uh-huh. Uh, Anna, a young novitiate nun in two- 1960s Poland, is on the verge of taking her vows when she discovers a dark family secret dating back to the years of the Nazi occupation. I know that Clark likes this film a lot. I've read his review for it, and it got me intrigued. I would like to look it up sometime. It looks like the type of film Clark would like. Hmm. Yeah. He and I don't always see eye to eye, but he was rather persuasive this time. Yeah. After Ida, we have on the list Gone Girl. Fantastic film. Uh, Very disturbing. (laughs) Uh, Very disturbing. Fantastic film. That's right. Absolutely. Um, This one was a beautiful train wreck. Yeah, it it was um it was very entertaining. Um it, it it um I think that David Fincher's outlook on life is is revealed in this film, shall we say? Uh it it, it he's uh he's a very pessimistic person. Um but I still think there's a lot here to chew on. I think for that reason the film gets 4 out of 5 stars from me. Um it's uh it it I was never bored. Um, it, it, uh, it had some fantastic, it asked fantastic questions. I don't know that it always had the right answers for them when it decided to answer questions and it did leave many answers dangling. Like we're not going to answer that question. Uh, it was kind of sick and twisted. And yet at the same time, it kind of showed us the depravity of man and the hopelessness of man. If I'm looking at it from a Christian perspective, 
um, I I think that it, it it makes for great conversation. And for I basically have to agree with you the exact same ideas. Um, I liked the cast; uh, they did a fantastic job. The direction was a uh, one thing that we lacked in a lot of the movies that got a lot of attention this year was cohesiveness. And we bring this up every now and then. Usually, it's Clark who doesn't. But a uh, a, f- a story that um, you can really follow from moment to moment. No matter where the camera is going, which character, which subplot it's following, some of the directors seem to be experimenting too much or actually just careless in the editing bay. And I don't know why this is. Maybe they don't think it's all that important. All that we really need to get is the tonality of the film. And how did it make you feel? I get that impression from, for instance, Christopher Nolan's Interstellar sometimes. Yeah, we'll get to that yeah. for uh, when, for what it's worth when we get to that in a few minutes. Yeah, I just... Uh, Gone Girl didn't have that problem. It was a very succinct telling of a thriller. And that being said, it actually helped a great deal for some of the significant twists during the story. And I think that the better the cohesiveness of the film, then the better those reveals will be for the impact on the audience and makes the film more memorable. So why wouldn't you give more attention to the editing filmmakers? Yeah. That is what I say. Yeah. All right. So next we have another movie. I don't think that either of us have seen. It's a foreign film called Leviathan and uh, came out this year, TJ, believe it or not. February 5th, 2015. The poster art looks really intriguing. There's a tremendously large um, sea creature skeleton like laying on the shores and some guys eyeing it. And he's sitting on a rock. Anyway, says on IMDb, in a Russian coastal town, Nikolai is forced to fight the corrupt mayor when he is told that his house will be demolished. He recruits his old army friend to help, but man's arri- this man's arrival brings further misfortune to Kulia and his family. Who's Kulia? I don't know. But um, yeah, it, it definitely got some attention, and so that's the reason I brought it up. It gets an eight point one on IMDb. Well, it's a one hundred percent on the on the tomato meter. Uh, forty two reviews counted. Forty two fresh. I'm uh, I'm trying to figure. I've not heard of this film, and I was trying to figure out why you were even bringing it up. But the fact that it gets a hundred percent on the tomato meter, I suppose, is why. Um, and the critic mm-hmm. consensus yeah, says yeah, it just that, keeps on coming up. Yeah, it says that Leviathan lives up to its title, offering uh, trenchant, well crafted social satire on a subtly grand scale. I don't know, man. That's weird. I've never heard of this before. Shame on mm-hmm. me. Shame on me. You uncultured, TJ. I'm so uncultured. I, I, I so freely uncultured admit it. Critic. <laughs> <laughs> the uncultured critic. That that there there's your that, name. That sounds <laughs> like your the, title. Yeah, that that sounds like the correct way to go with that title. <laughs> we finally figured it that's, out. After, that's me. Uh, the, what is this? Episode 120. That's right. We got your title. <laughs> the uncultured. <critic. laughs> However, I'm about to dispute that with your next film, Joe. What is the next film on this list? The 100-Foot Journey. And you're right. You do sound cultured when you start talking about this film. I love this film. It's fantastic. It's, <laughs> uh, it's, it's, just, it's simply delightful is, is what I would say about it. it um, you know, you might think it's just, a, oh, it's a food story or something about food. Like, but that's, food is, is, is secondary to the nature of the story. Um, it, it's kind of like how, uh, I kind of hate sports. I, I tend to refer to football as sports ball. 
Um, it just, I, I don't, but, but there are some sports movies that I really enjoy because the sports are secondary. They're incidental. And the same is true with the food here. Although in, in truth, I do love good food, uh, <laughs> but who doesn't? Um, I just, I loved the, the, um, the cultural significance and the clash of cultures and the, and the, the, um, uh, just, just the bringing of the cultures together. Um, I loved the acting in this film. I loved the cinematography. I loved the pacing. I loved that this was not an, an action film and yet it garnered so much attention. It was, it was a fantastic film. It was just delightful. I agree with all of that. I wasn't especially, um, enthralled by the film, but it kind of reminded me of, the life of Pi, in uh, in term of in terms of film category, mm. um, I enjoyed the life of Pi more because I thought it was just a more um, engaging story. But the hundred foot journey, uh, culture wise, uh, related a lot to uh, the life of Pi, and for that reason, I think that they are good companions as films. I. I would not mind watching it again if I had a good reason to, to share it with friends and it's on home entertainment now. So check it out. I just, I don't have very strong feelings for this film one way or the other. It, it was definitely one of the more original ish films. Now, now's your opportunity TJ to tell me this was based on 50 books. Uh, the hunter, the hunter foot journey. Uh huh. I think it, uh, I feel like it might've been based on a book. Um, and there you go. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking uh, based on a true story, based on book. That's what I'm looking for. I don't think it's based foot, on a true story. The Hundred Foot Journey, a novel, Amazon.com. <clears throat> yes, so the, it was based on a book. My my bad. I should have known that. <laughs> Sorry, no, it, it just definitely has the quality of one. It's it, it seems novel-ish. Yeah. Next, we have The Equalizer, and uh, starring Denzel Washington. Yeah, it wasn't and terrible. I, yeah, it wasn't terrible. There you go. No it sense. Was, it was Big fine. Hero 6. No. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was trying to move forward, but I, I'm oh, sorry. Go Bad ahead. joke. All right, continue, sir. No, yeah, you wanted to talk more about Equalizer. No, I just wanted to say it wasn't I, – I didn't have strong feelings one way or the other. It was, a, it was fine. It wasn't terrible. It wasn't awful. It wasn't great. It was fine. Mm-hmm. That's all I have yeah, to say. Yeah, so it. its legacy is—it's that it's there for the Denzel completionists, and that's about it. <laughs> yeah. So then we have Big Hero Six, and I, I feel like this is a uh, must-see for families. It's—I love this film. It's—it's it's a wonderful film. I—I I can't say enough good things about this film. It's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. It, it shows one of the examples of one of the very rare examples we have right now where Disney and Marvel worked in cahoots to make this film. And it doesn't seem like Marvel. I heard a uh, story that Marvel didn't even realize they had the rights to this comic book or uh, that it was made by one of their subsidiaries or something like that. And Disney filmmakers, they knew it. And they approached Marvel and said, may we have permission to use this and your, your blessing? And they said, oh, we didn't even know it was our th- property. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I mean, you you, you got to remember, though, I think you're you're bending the story a little bit. Disney has the rights to make it because they own Marvel. Right, but it was also one of those relationships where Disney filmmakers asked Marvel, do we have your blessing to make this? Because we don't want to do it. Sure. With, you know, like we want to know how much do y'all want to be involved, you know? And as it turned out, Marvel didn't really um, care to be all that much involved. 
Yeah, they weren't that involved. I mean, they were involved to an extent. I mean, it is their property, but it it, it wasn't a Marvel production. It was a joint production. I, I feel like this film, it, it of course has a glimpse of Stan Lee. It's got a glimpse of Stan Lee in it. Of course, all Marvel, Marvel, all Marvel films do. Uh, th- this film has some amazing <laughs> things going for it. Uh, it has great character development. Um, it, it, you know, obviously Baymax. Um, it, it deals with some some pretty incredible themes for what might look on the surface like a children's movie. It deals with loss and grief, mercy, forgiveness, friendship, love, and and ties it all together into a, a wonderful package that's uh, inspiring, both uh, both inspiring and awe inspiring. Um, and it 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 really is one of my top favorite films this year. One of my top three this year. It, it was very enjoyable. I mean, what, what kind of a world are we living in when an animated superhero film can get uh, into my top three? It, it's just very strange in a way, but but it was fantastic. I, I didn't enjoy it that much, but I still think it rates very highly. Not on my top five, but it's on my top ten. Okay, uh, that's fair. So then another film we missed this year, but Fizz talked about on his podcast, Real World Theology, he talked about Boyhood. And I didn't fully appreciate what this movie was about until I was done with their review. And now I'm thinking, yes, okay, I have to watch this film. It made my list of I must watch these these films list. Uh, how do you feel about this film? Uh, I'm trying to – this is the thing. I try to keep up with too many things. Uh, joys and pitfalls of growing up uh, are seen through the eyes of a child named Mason, uh, his parents, and his sister. Uh Vignettes filmed uh, with the same cast over the course of twelve years capture family meals, road trips. Yeah, I mean, I could, I could see, I could see how it could be good. Um, it never, it was never something. You, you know, there, there are things that catch your fancy, and there are things that that don't, and that doesn't mean it's not worth seeing. It just never really caught my fancy in a way that made me want to see it. But I would, I would be way open to seeing it, and probably should see it. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what else can I say? I haven't seen the film yet. Okay. So then we have a most wanted band. Uh, and boy, this, uh, you this felt makes, more strongly about this. Oh, uh, this makes me sad, Joe. Uh, we've lost, we've lost such a wonderful, uh, actor. Uh, and this, this film served to remind us of that fact, just how it made us keenly aware of, of what a great and wonderful actor we lost. Um, this, this, this film was a slow burn and it was the perfect role for Philip Seymour Hoffman, who, who, whose roles are so understated. And, uh, and he he did a wonderful job, and he 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 turned out. I mean, this is this is essentially his his uh, swan song, his last uh, unknowingly when he made it. Obviously, um, this is essentially his last big starring role, and uh, fantastic. Um, I'm really sad that we now lost you're going to make. Yeah, well, now you're going to make me sound uncultured because I really I really did enjoy Seymour in this film. Ugh, I just didn't. You? Uh, that was about it. Apart from his performance, I wasn't especially uh, interested in the story. I didn't have a hard time keeping awake, but it sure didn't help much. Uh, if I had been tired, I would have been bound to fall asleep in this film. Like you said, slow burn. And uh, Hoffman, fantastic performance. I, I, I definitely appreciate some of his other films, but much more so, though. So it doesn't make any sort of chart in, in my list. If, if people stopped bringing it up, I'd probably forget it pretty quickly. Well, whatever, dude, whatever. You're right. You're right. Exactly. I mean, crazy world we live in where uh, I, I'm uncultured in my way and you and yours. Uh, 
<laughs> so uh, we're all cultured and uncultured in different ways. All right. Kill the messenger. Now this was a movie I saw. I reviewed. Didn't I write the review for this? You film did. Too? I was not able to see it and I, I still haven't seen it. I don't, I, I don't know if it ever got around to playing where I was in, in Nashville or not, which was frustrating. Oh, but it's on home entertainment now, right? You're going to watch it tonight. Oh, is it? Uh, I can't. I'm, I'm on vacation. Remember I'm with family They're, I'm, I, They already were reticent to release me uh, this evening to record this podcast. Oh, you having a good time on vacation? Uh, sure. I'm not sleeping enough. I'm eating a lot of junk food. I'm going to have to go on a diet when I get back, but sure. I'm enjoying myself. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, kill the messenger. Tell okay. us about it, Joe. What, what, <laughs> is it, do, you, do you recommend that I watch it? Yeah. Well, let me see what I said in my review. Um, I feel like you movie, didn't like it movie. as much as I wanted you to. Like I was, cause I was looking yeah, forward to seeing I it. I didn't. I was looking forward to it more. Um, you're right. It stars Hawkeye. And uh, for that reason, it was worth watching. Yeah, um, duh, 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 duh. It, it it definitely had a lot of potential. Kind of like Groundhog Day. Love that concept, but eh, not so crazy about the execution. Mm. Um, I, I think that they probably took too many liberties with the true story to try and make it more dramatic, and then at the same time, that weakens the historical value. So then they try to dampen it down. They try to dampen some of the dr- the drama. And in so doing, they just make something of a somewhat flavorless, important historical drama. And so um, while, you know, it, it's sort of an expose, it just uh, didn't garner enough attention because of its execution. Then we have The Hunger Games, colon, Mockingjay, comma, part one. You want to talk about this film? Yeah, I'm one of the few people who actually liked it quite a bit, although I didn't think it lived up to uh, what we got with Catching Fire, which I was a little disappointed about. But part of that could be because we literally got half a film. And if I'm going to to, uh, penalize this film, it would be for splitting the book into two, which in a way maybe you can justify as necessary. But really, I think it would have been better served as a longer single film, not as long as both films together, but a longer single film. All the same, I enjoyed this film a lot. I, I love. I still continue to maintain my love for the casting of Jennifer Lawrence as Katniss. Uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman was in this film, not a very big role, but he was in it, and he always elevates that which he he uh, that the roles that he's in. I really love the interplay and the um, the uh, you know the the tension between uh, Katniss and uh, Woody Harrelson's character, um, which I'm drawing a blank right now. Hamish. Um, I, I I just I I loved a lot of the elements of this film. Um, there was, there was a lot here to like, I, I enjoyed it. No, I ha- I have to admit, I have not seen this film or the previous one just yet. I, and they're on my list. What can you, I say? You do need to see, did you see the first one? I feel like you reviewed it with me maybe. Yes. Yes, was, I did. The, the first uh, one I'm, was, I'm not completely missing the train. The first one was good, but the second one made me want to retroactively downgrade it. I, the second one, the catching fire uh, was it my favorite film last year? I'm trying to remember. Um, it was. And it was way, high up there. I remember you liked it a lot. It was high up there. Top films. Let's see if it comes up in a in my uh, uh, search here. Uh, the main reason I haven't watched it, people, just so you know, I'm not trying to ruin your ride. I mean, yes, I am a movie critic and all that. Um, my, I have a good excuse. My sister, who is about the same age as Katniss in the stories. 
She cares very much about these movies. She's read the books. So is my wife. And both of them insist that I watch it with them, but I haven't got the two of them to agree on a time and a place to watch them together. So it's been difficult to make that happen. And that's really my only excuse. I just got to make it happen. So I need to break broke both of their legs and, you know, put them in the same room and say, quiet, we're going to watch these movies. <laughs> so last year, Catching Fire was my number three film of the year. Um, and I rated it four and a half stars. So I, th- I thought very highly of it. And uh, this year's uh, uh, Mockingjay uh, part one didn't quite make it into my top three. I don't think. No, it was number five. Uh, and not not quite as good, but but I I definitely Joe uh, you you need to you need to get uh, you need to get up to speed, man. Mm. Okay, sir, I will. Please do. Next, we have the uh, the Interstellar. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, the way I read that in the outline, what we have is Interstellar. Then next, we have the interview. So I started reading the interview. We we understand. Sorry, You're no. a confused man. You're a confused man. It's okay. Mm. I have word dyslexia. Yes. Yes. Oriented. Okay. Precisely. So interstellar, how do you feel about it, sir? Uh, I didn't like it, uh, but I feel like it's a film that, um, everybody should see. Um, I, I wish that it were a better film. I wish that Nolan wasn't so full of himself. I wish it had been properly sound mixed. Um, I wish that I didn't have so many problems with it. I wish that it would have been a better film. That's, that's what I wish. All the same, I did rate it three out of five stars, and I do think it's worth seeing, and I hope that maybe at some point in the future I can see it with an appropriate sound mix on home video. Um, I, I feel like it had tonal problems. It lacked some character development. Um, it took itself a little too seriously. Um, yeah, uh, it, it, it wanted to be more than it was. I'm not entirely certain that I know what made Interstellar bad or weak. But I am convinced, like you, that it didn't pan out as well as we had hoped. Um, I I think that you know, like um, I, I, you know, when I studied old directors, film directors, it was apparent that uh, that they would have their highs and lows. A, yeah. a lot of the modern audiences, they're not really paying attention much to film history. But if you really pay attention to film history, what you'll notice is that most of the best directors their their best films are not all back to back to back and their fil- worst films are not they, they they just had moments where they had the right chemistry with the right films and it happened on and off throughout many decades of their filmographies a um, great example of this would be alfred hitchcock so i think that we may be seeing a similar pattern with christopher nolan and i'm hoping that that's the case i'm not going to hold this film against him it was worth watching. It was just not going to be one that knocks it out of the park. Yeah. And for that reason, Matthew McConaughey is a good reason to watch the film. Christopher Nolan is not. And uh, definitely worth watching if you enjoy anything sci-fi. Yeah. All right. What's next, Joe? Well, um, okay, so there's this other movie that we haven't brought up already. It's called The Interview. What did you think of that movie, TJ? I tell you what. Oh, I haven't seen it yet. Um, it uh, it got pulled from theaters due to terrorist threats. It is now out on video on demand. Uh, I hadn't planned on seeing it before. I don't think I'm going to now, but who knows? I may be persuaded at some point. It looked a little too silly for me. Um, but And at the same time, because of the controversy around it, I almost feel like I have to see it now. So in a way, maybe this will ultimately do them better. I don't know. In in, in uh, home video sales, I don't know. I heard that it's and I hear on it's YouTube. coming to theaters now. Yeah. 
Oh, really? Yeah, well, it's certainly, it's on YouTube. Yeah, oh. you have to pay for it, but it's on YouTube. Oh. Um, yeah, so it, it looked dumb, but, yeah. you know, and, and people yeah. are saying it's important to see. I've, I've read several reviews, or, or I've, I've skimmed several reviews, and the gist is um, it's worth seeing because of the controversy surrounding it. It's not all that great of a film, but it's important. It has now been made important in the landscape of, of, of cinematography, you, you know, filmmaking. Um, so that that's right. probably where we stand with it. Uh, yeah, I can't really add anything to what you said. Then we have John Wick, and this is another movie I didn't know anything about until I noticed that so many other film reviewers were bringing it up. How do you feel about this film? I was surprised at the positive ratings it was receiving uh, from from critics, particularly because it stars Keanu Reeves, who usually gets a bad rap. Um, and it looked like it could have gone either way and I kind of wanted to see it. And now I really do want to see it since it's been getting pretty positive reviews. It's not, I don't think it's destined to be an Oscar winner or anything, but I was, I think the general consensus is it was way better than we were, than it, when we were expecting it to be or that had any right to be. And it says it's going to be on DVD February 3rd. So right. there's your opportunity. Well, I'll, mm. I'll certainly probably rent it or watch it on one of my streaming services when it becomes available, maybe. Okay. Next, we have the theory of everything thing thing thing. It just sounds yeah. very like ultimate to say that. This this film, if I'm if I have the right one here, I just it felt like it was too full of itself or something. I don't know. It wasn't. Well, with a title like that, yeah. It wasn't something I was interested in. I'm looking it up here on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm uh, okay on Rotten Tomatoes. Much like John Wick, it's got an 80 from the critics and an 84 from the audience. Part biopic, part love story, the theory of everything rises on James Marsh's polished direction and the strength of its two leads. I don't especially have any interest to see this film, but if somebody else talks me into it, I probably will. Well, yeah, I mean, and it's, it's about Stephen Hawking, so for whatever it's worth. Uh, I'm I'm just not all that interested in it. And then we have Unbroken. And this film has got more attention lately. Yeah, I've been hearing Do good things about, about it. Do you know anything about Unbroken? I, I know uh, what it's... Do you think you'll see it? Yeah, I will definitely see it. Um, I believe... Uh, let me pull up the Trello board. I believe it's coming up on our, our reviews. Um, uh, it is on the board. Uh, yeah, the my internet here is really slow where I'm staying, but... Um, well, we're not going to see it in 2014, though. So, oh, well, we tried. We aren't, but it is a 2014 film. Um, yeah, so I, I want to see it for sure, and I've been hearing good things about it. I have, I, I've seen both critics say good things about it, and I have several friends who went and saw it who said, oh, man, you, TJ, have you seen this yet? What is wrong with you? And I'm like, you, you, don't you review movies for a living? What is it with you? And it's just like, well, it's just the way the cards shuffled down, shuffled down, you know? I mean, we can only do one film a week, typically. Um, so, <laughs> and, and the real reason I want to watch this film is because it is directed by Angelina Jolie. And she hasn't directed all that much, to my knowledge, or anything else. Yeah. <laughs> so and that's reason enough. Then we have on our list, Exodus, Gods and Kings. Um, Terrible. Wet Blanket. Raining yeah, on my parade, you've, man. You've killed the conversation, dude. <laughs> uh, raining on my plague, it, it, man. It's, I, want, uh, I think we all, even people who are not believers, who are not Christians, who do not care as much about the faithfulness of the story, I think we all wanted it to be a better film than it was. And I think that the general consensus is, what are you doing, Ridley Scott? What's going on? What, what's the deal? 
you know, and and I think it's asking a lot. I I do agree with the premise that it's asking a lot for an unbeliever to come in and make a good film from biblical source material and to be faithful to it. But at the same time, I feel like he didn't just miss the mark by that standard. He missed the mark on several levels and it's frustrating. I wanted it to be better. I had higher hopes for it. I don't, in the grand scheme of things, I don't think it, I don't consider it as, as poor a film as Noah. Um, but I, I didn't like it. Interestingly, it w- it got slammed on Rotten Tomatoes, a 29 yes. from critics and a 39 from the audience. Yep. I didn't see it to be that bad, but at the same time, I kind of do. So I certainly don't hold it against that rating. Then coming close to the end of our list, TJ, what a list into the woods. Wanted to see, I have not seen this. Film. I want to see it. It's uh, even though it's a musical, I can live with it. Um, has oh, uh, it's a musical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it has uh, folks like here. I'm, I'm looking it up right now, but it has folks like uh, Anna Kendrick. Um, who else is in it? Uh, 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 Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep. Yes. Um, here we go. So James it's got Anna Gordon. Kendrick, uh, Emily Blunt, uh, James Corden. Uh, trying Jake to see Gyllenhaal. Chris Pine. Yeah, yeah, Chris Pine, yeah. Um Johnny Depp is even in it. Um yeah, I uh I want to see it. I want to see it. But I I you know, I have I can't say more than that about it because I haven't seen it. <laughs> My sister saw it. She's liked it. She's watched it twice already. Oh, good. We'll see. Good. I'm glad. No, I, I and I think I I've told Rachel, my wife, I, I said I think you'd enjoy this. Uh so I think we'll try to make time to see it sometime. Interesting. Okay, next to last, The Imitation Game want to see it very badly. I've heard a lot of good things about it. Uh, it is on the docket. We're going to be reviewing it next week. Possibly joined by Fizz. He's uncertain yet whether he'll be able to join us. I don't know what to think about this film yet. I felt very positive about the trailers and the cast and the time of year it's coming out. So I really want to like this film. I just, uh, I sure hope that they don't, uh, go into some of the wrong themes for the film. Um, I have very high hopes for it, though. Still do. Yeah, no, I think, it, I think it'll be good. It, yeah. I think it'll be good. All right. Last on the list, TJ. Unless you can think of some other film that we, that we overlooked. And grant you, people, this is not an exhaustive list. No, no. This is just the ones that you... Actually, actually I didn't even help compile this part of the list. It was the ones that you felt were of note of the year, whether good or bad. Well, did how do you feel I did? Pretty good. Pretty good. Okay, thank you. All right, yeah, I mean, like, I'm sure somebody's going to be like, wait a minute, you didn't get your... And uh, send all your email to TJ. Uh, yes. But, yeah, yes. I mean, here, here we go. Last film. And if your film didn't make this list, I'm sorry, dude. Nobody cares. <laughs> the last film. Please email Joe. <laughs> the Hobbit, The Battle of the Five Armies. Or The yeah, Battle we just talked of about Five this, Armies. Uh, yeah, The Battle of Five Armies. We just talked about this last week, so I don't know what more there is to say about it. Uh, it was fine, you know, whatever. It is what it is. I feel like Peter Jackson has jumped the shark, but, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, it would be on my top ten, but not on my top five for the year. It was, um, it was a four out of five for me. And that said, it's not necessarily going to be the best of the Tolkien film adaptations. It just like you said, it is what it is. We we have to accept it now. It's yeah. not as bad as Lucas. It's not it's not a Lucas like film, but it's and it definitely brought those films to mind. Yes, it's we're seeing the George Lu- Lucasification 
of Peter Jackson, I think, is what what uh, we kind of thought last week, or at least me and Clark. So mm, yes. yeah, I, I sure hope not. I I understand why it's on your list, but it is not even in my top fifteen. So, mm. speaking of that top fifteen, TJ, yes, uh, let, let's well, just name off those lists. I want I want to preface this by saying that the films that I really wanted to see that would influence and possibly make it into my top films. Um, probably 300 rise of an empire. Probably not, but I did want to see it and I didn't get to Hercules probably wouldn't make it, but I did want to see it. Kill the messenger. I think has a chance of making it on that list. If I were to have seen it unbroken, I I feel like that would probably be on the list. Uh, John wick Mm. probably not, but I wanted to see it. The imitation game didn't get to see it. uh, And I think that would definitely be on the list into the woods probably wouldn't make it. And Annie probably wouldn't make it, but those are the films that I wish that I had seen this year that I didn't get a chance to see. Uh, so with that, here are my top 15, starting with number 15, um, Birdman, uh, which I, uh, you know, it's, it's, I think that when you have such a fantastic film starting out the list at number 15 spot, you realize that it was a pretty good year for films. Um, in my opinion, uh, it was a, it was a great, great storytelling experience. Number 14, a most wanted man, uh, by the way, uh, Birdman was four or five stars, uh, most Wanted Man, four of five stars. Uh, I've already talked about that a little bit. Number uh, number 13, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, four of five stars. Number 12, Veronica Mars, four of five stars. Um, the Lego Movie, four stars. Uh, number 10, How to Train Your Dragon, four stars. Number 9, Edge of Tomorrow, four stars. Number 8, Guardians of the Galaxy, also four stars. Number 7, Gone Girl, fantastic film, four stars. Uh, number six, X-Men Days of Future Past, uh, four stars. Um, I mean, I think you're seeing a theme here. It's just a great year for movies. Mm-hmm. Number five, The Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 1, four stars. Uh, number four, The Hundred Foot Journey, four stars. A fantastic film. Almost wished I could have put this in my top three, but here are my top three. The Judge. I'm going to get a lot of flack for this. The Judge, four and a half stars. <laughs> yes. Four and a half stars. Really love that film, uh, and I will be watching it again. Big Hero 6, four and a half stars. This is at my number two spot. Um, Fantastic film. And my number one film, this is crazy, Joe. Two superhero films in my top three. Uh, Number one, Captain America, The Winter Soldier, four and a half stars. What a fantastic film. And what a great year for films. Mm, Marvel has you in the bag. They they've got me, man. They they can they they've got me wrapped around their pinky finger. What I found really humorous is that your six through eleven are the closest to like my top ten or my top five <laughs> of your entire group. <laughs> well, I mean, okay, it's fine. Um, yeah. I mean, it is what it is. It's, yeah. it's pretty cool, and, and and everybody should check out uh, TJ's top films of 2014 article where you go into a better explanation summation. Yeah, I give explanations for each of them, even if only a limited, and, and link you to the review and whatnot. Um, I wanted to just mention quickly my least favorite films of the year, uh, Noah being my most least favorite film at, uh, at one half of a star, The Monuments Men at two stars, Snowpiercer at two stars, Lucy at one star, and Exodus, Gods and Kings at one and a half stars. Uh, those are my least mm. favorite this year. I did not particularly enjoy watching those films. Um, that's why they're on that mm. list. So. Joe, you have some lists here. Why don't you tell us about that? Yes, sir. I tried to be as succinct as possible. Um, I know that most people are not going to remember the half of all the movies we've already mentioned and how we felt about them. So here is my top five, not my top 10, not my top 15, not my top 20, my top five. If you remember anything, try to remember two or three of these films. I think that there is more than enough good film here to go around. 
Uh, starting with number one, Guardians of the Galaxy. Catch it, watch it again and again. Just uh, let it soak in. Uh, relive the glory days, the 80s, the 90s. No, no. Then we have <laughs> number two, the Lego movie. I think that this was the best family entertainment of the year. It was very creative. It definitely had some powerful symbology, you know, a critique of our culture as we know it. And a lot of irony to go around because a lot of people feel like the movie being a production of a huge toy company undoes some of its message. But it also depends on just how you want to read this movie. And there's different ways you can do that. Then we have Edge of Tomorrow. Uh, made me a believer in the finer things of Tom Cruise. Then number four, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. I I still have a hard time believing that I liked this film as much as I did, and I mm. give it four out of five stars. Number five on the list, and I would certainly understand if you wanted to skip this one, people, because this is more of a personal favorite of mine than anything I can see is justifiably deserving to be on the top five. But it is a personal favorite of mine. I keep returning to the story. And I I like it just that much. And that is The Giver. And I, I think it's worth seeing. If you do not appreciate it as much as I do, I completely understand why. Uh, these films stuck out to me for reasons like that these movies are films that I think everyone should see at least once. You know, and these are films that they, you know, they resonated with me. There was something about them that I hadn't seen well executed in films before. And so it was fulfilling meeting that need for me, something that I would like to see in a great story. And then we have, you know, another good, good reason is that, um, that they do not necessarily qualify as best of movies, but these were definitely given some extra star cred simply because they were, they were high in the ranks of, I I would deem these favorite films. Well, and that's and, I mean uh, to me if yeah. you're if you're not true to what's your favorite film like you can't speak to I mean I suppose you can to some extent but like if you're trying to say well these are my favorite but I don't think they're the top rated films they're like that that's that's nonsense. You got to go with your gut, man. You got to go with what is right for you. Yeah, see but see that's the thing. It's like um my head and my heart don't always agree. Um, I, I, and yes, like there are the films that I want to say you deserve four and a half stars because my head tells me so my head is happy to watch this film, but these, uh, these films are influenced by my heart as well as my head. And that is why a film like guardians of the galaxy gets five stars. My head tells me, eh, four stars, stop you keep it there. And my heart says, no, no, go further, go for the five stars. Yeah. We love it. Um, so, you know, that's, that's just the way it is. Um, that's what I mean by the difference between this is a great film and this is one of my favorite films. Um, so I, I feel like I'm being true to my double-mindedness. Okay. Thank you, sir. And then, um, uh, yeah, I mean, I'll just mention it really quick. Uh, my least favorite films, uh, A Walk Among the Tombstones, Birdman, Lucy, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and... This film is so dis- I, I dislike this the notion of this film so much. I'm not even going to watch it once, and that is 300: Rise of an Empire. But it definitely makes the ranks of least favorite films just in terms of everything I believe it to be. And if I watch it, it's only because I died and I went to hell, and someone did watch it. So 
Oh, that my. is how I feel. Uh, how does how does one of my favorite films, Birdman, make it onto your uh, top films to hate list? I uh, <sighs> I don't know. I felt like Ratatouille was such a better film when it came to uh, a critique of critics. <laughs> and uh, apart from that, Birdman just had content I didn't like. It had characters I loathe. It had conflicts that annoy the heck out of me. <laughs> I I definitely thought that it had some, it had its moments. It, it didn't get a, it did not get a 0.5 star or a zero star rating, but it, it, it just annoys the heck out of me. Mm. My head says it gets two and a half stars. My heart says you hate this film. <laughs> There's your schizophrenia again. All right. Well, I mean, well, you, 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 Joe are entitled to be as wrong as you want to be. Hmm. So TJ, do you think that we could agree if we we could if we could like compare our lists? Do you think that we could resolve a uh, here is the best of movie of the year? I don't think we really can because no. your top three are very different from mine. Yep. It's not that I disagree with the things that are on your top five. It's just that I um, personally had others that were there. The, the, those were on my top fifteen. Those were, in fact, I would even think. Um, well, the giver wasn't, but I understand why it's there. Dawn of the Planet of the Apes would have been in my top 10, Edge of Tomorrow top 10, Lego Movie top 10, Guardians of the Galaxy, all within my top 10. So we're close on some things, for sure. We could give best of uh, 2014 studio to Marvel. There, sure, done. Sure. We give an award. Yeah, I mean, they're doing great work, and they're going to fall and fail at some point, but not that that is not this year, and probably not next year or the year after either. I think all in all, Joe, I think you and I could agree that it has been in many ways a great year for movies. It has been a great year. I, I mean, I've been now reviewing these for, what is this, four years? On and off, yeah. And, yeah, I just, uh, collectively, yeah, a pretty solid year. I mean, I don't think it's going to be noticeable until you actually look at this list. I think in most moviegoers, just the general audience is not going to realize what all we have here until they they say, yes, well, I am a Marvel completionist, and I will watch <laughs> Big Hero 6. So then, you know, when that happens, they'll just say, huh, look at all these great films. Ultimately, Joe, do you know why I think this was a good year for movies? No, TJ. It's because because I was reviewing movies with you again. Yes, it's because you came back to the podcast and you you came back to the that thing that you founded that was the love of your life that you had forsaken. And you came back, you realized what you had lost and you came back to us. I had to take care of things at the Fortress of Solitude, and as soon as that was wrapped up, I, I was glad to return to reality. I, uh, yeah, I, you know, I just, um, you know, some of the movies last year. What was one of the worst movies last year? Can you oh, remind me? I, I try not to remember worst movies. I have no idea. Mm. Well, yeah, I have definitely tried to block them out of my memory. But whatever it was, I'm sure it nearly was the death of me. So that's why I stopped reviewing movies. I just couldn't take it anymore, TJ. I, I had it. And I, I went on strike for, uh, for a few months, and then I came back. Just to make a statement. I went yeah, on strike. Yeah, no, it's, no it's more fine. movie it's, criti- it's re- critical reviews from Joe until I felt like my voice had been heard. Well, we're certainly, I think all of us, uh, me and the listeners, are glad that you're back. 
And so, uh, yeah, all, all three think, of them. <laughs> I think this is a uh, a good place to end the show, Joe. Uh, we've we've uh, we've had a good run of movies this year. We've had a great time talking about them. Uh, I definitely right. want this to is thank the last our episode. <laughs> right, last episode of the show ever to be recorded until next week. Um, I I, I want to thank our listeners for putting up with us for uh, a couple of years now that we've been doing this podcast and. And, uh, you know, slowly but surely our download count creeps up. And, and uh, if you really want to help us out in the coming year, share with your friends, recommend us on uh, – uh, you, you can do stuff like recommend us on Overcast. You can click the recommend button for the episodes that you really like, which, let's be honest, that should be all of them. Um, but, yeah, we're, we, we really appreciate you listening, and uh, we, we hope to make the podcast even better next year. We've, uh, we've got a lot of things cooking. We've got a lot of movies coming up, and it's going to be a great year. So, uh, Joe, uh, why don't you, as as is our want, as we always do, why don't you tell the good people where they can find you on the interwebs? On Twitter, you can follow me. I'm underscore Joe Darnell. Say hi, and I'll say hi back. Um, and on my website, my personal website, I'm joedarnell.com, uh, also known as intentionalsensibility.com. All right. I am TJ Draper Pro on Twitter. Uh, as As Joe has said, say hi, and I will certainly say hi back. Um, and, uh, follow me there. You can also catch all the work and the writing that I do at moviebite.com. It's been a little bit sparse over the last couple of days. I've been traveling. The schedule's been hectic. I've not been getting enough sleep. I've been playing cards with friends, you know, with family and games and all kinds of silly stuff. And we got the new year coming up. So, you know, but, uh, that is where I normally do a lot of writing at moviebite.com. Uh, uh, additionally, if you want to catch the show notes for this episode of the podcast, you can go to moviebyte.com slash mbpodcast slash 120. And uh, that's where you will find all those wonderful show notes. Uh, boy, I've got, a lot of, I've got a lot of links to compile into the show notes for all the things that we talked about today, all the films and the various things. I didn't think about that when I suggested the Year in Review podcast. That's a lot of work. <laughs> so I'm going to go start compiling those right now. Thanks so much for listening, and we hope you have a very great new year. Uh, See you later, Joe. Ta-ta. Ta-ta.